Hey gang, I'm Nikhil Croce, and you're listening to Season 3 of Who the Fuck? Practically Unplugged. This season takes on a different format than the previous two, so instead of asking guests to share their stories, this time around, I'm sharing mine. Each episode is a snapshot of my life, recorded over the past several months as I navigated the grief that came with loss, the resentment and shame that came from abuse, and the joy that I feel now knowing I finally prioritized myself. So get ready for a deeply personal and, of course, authentic and unapologetic season. If my story resonates with you, it's amazing to see your feedback, so pop over to your preferred podcast platform and share a review. Or better yet, if you know someone who will benefit from listening, tell them to check out the show wherever they get their podcasts. You can always head over to whothefck.com for more content and merch. So here we go. Hey gang, I am back for episode three and I want to talk about grief. It is surprising. I didn't understand that I could simultaneously grieve loss in two completely different ways. On one hand, thinking about the relationship I exited, having moments where I wish I could be absent all the memories. And then on the other hand, clinging desperately to all of the memories, missing my mom in such a visceral and profound way. And nothing can prepare you for it. This is the discussion, right? Is it better, quote unquote, better to lose somebody quickly and unexpectedly or to know it's coming? And I don't think we should be trying to answer that question because the type of loss when you no longer have a parent or somebody you're incredibly close with, a spouse, a sibling, any close relative, any close friend, your people, when you lose somebody It is a gaping wound. I've been thinking about my mom so much lately. I'm going through a lot of big transitions and it is a lot of intense emotions, both good and bad. I'm still trudging through the Washington state legal process to try to finalize my divorce where I'll be giving half of my wealth to somebody who assaulted me because that's the way the justice system works. But let's just ignore that for a second because the reality is, is the money's the easiest thing to lose. Who cares? It's money. It took me two months to come to this. Believe me, I'm not by any means okay with it, but I've made peace with it, right? Because you can't control shit sometimes. And I don't want to spend my energy on it anymore. In fact, the reason that it's been so hard lately is because 
since I wasn't able to grieve the way I should have been able to when my mom passed away because of the nature of exiting the relationship, it impacted me, it impacted my dad, it impacted my sister and my extended family. It forced me and those who loved me to have to step away from grieving my mom, which is really fucked up. And it was like I was numb to it for a while. Like I couldn't miss her the way that I was supposed to because there was too much chaos. It's been painfully turbulent. And one of the things that makes it even more difficult is knowing that my mom's not here to support me through it. And I went through this period of time where it was a lot of coinciding, conflicting emotions in those moments where I would think of my mom and I would have joy about her. I would become really angry with my ex. Angry that I couldn't continue to enjoy those moments because I had to deal with the bullshit. Lies. Manipulation. It was just my focus had to be on protecting myself instead of grieving losing my mom. And this is why being with somebody who never takes accountability for anything or doesn't feel the need to show up in the world in a way that's impactful. I had to put my energy there instead of being able to process the fact that my mother died. So I've spent the last six and a half months feeling rage, feeling frustration, feeling sick to my stomach about the fact that I lost so much time with my family because I was completely deluded into thinking what I was experiencing in my relationship was in any way, shape, or form healthy. And the thing is, is I don't know that I ever thought it was healthy. I think I, I maybe I believed it at, at moments where I was optimistic, that it felt real, that I felt wanted. But one of the things that came to me in May when I was in therapy going twice a week was that in feeling needed, I felt wanted. That I had become used to this role of just taking care of things and it ended up being to my detriment because I just slowly slipped away from myself and I started shrinking my life and everybody around me could see it. And there were moments where I felt it so deeply. And I look back on things that I wrote, things that I documented about how I was feeling for 12 years. 
And I spent all of this time invested in somebody and missing time with my family because I thought this person was my family. I didn't understand that somebody that you loved could hurt you like this. It's so easy from the outside to pick apart other people's relationships and understand, quote unquote, understand, right? Like the way that it works, how it makes sense. Obviously it wasn't going to work out, but you just don't anticipate, even if you feel like it's not going to work out. I just didn't anticipate it ending so horrendously and forcing me to lose sight of my grieving process for my mom and also making me feel so much resentment about the fact that I didn't go home as often as I could have. I spent the last three years catering instead of doing things that I needed to do for myself or doing things I wanted to do for myself. Just always on edge, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And talking about it now, it's like I can feel it in my chest. I feel, I remember, my body remembers what that anxiety was like. And it's so hard to exist in the world when the two biggest things in your life just exploded. And so there's lots of anger. Much of that has subsided. There's lots of resentment. But the thing is, is that I'm not... I'm not stuck there, you know? And I think that that's the point in all of this. I had no idea six months ago how different my life would be right now. No idea. It's like my other life didn't even really exist. And then the life I knew with my family just shifted forever. There's a gap. There's a hole where that person is supposed to be. And so it's one thing to have a big transition to get a divorce. When it's a bad divorce, it's that much worse. It's extremely distracting and debilitating It's hard to focus on anything. And when you feel a moment of solace, you get a fucking email from your lawyer telling you that you owe them more money or that none of the evidence that you have matters. And then there's the moment where you have a good life change. Like you get a new job. And... You can't call your mom to tell her about it. It's like I didn't even understand how much I needed her support. I know I can do without it, but 
I'm holding on so tightly to what it felt like to hear her voice. The last thing that she said to me, we were at my sister's and my parents came down that day because after I realized that my ex was going somewhere to get drugs and my sister was with me and she said, do you want mom and dad to come down? And I said, no, I don't need them to come down. It's fine. And then I changed my mind. God, I'm really fucking glad I did. And because they're such good parents, they made the trip and they sat and they talked with me. And they listened to what I was going through. My mom asked me. Well, she actually said, I don't understand why you can't tell us things. Why you don't feel you can talk to us. And I said. Something that I've wanted to say for 16 years. Which was that. It was because of how they reacted when I told them that I was gay. And it wasn't like the worst reaction in the world, but it severed us a bit for a period of time. And it was like a moment where I was really grateful that I could say it and I felt safe to say it. And... I felt like our relationship was going to be closer. And then we all went to the front door at the end of the night and said our goodbyes and I asked her for one more hug. And when I think about hugging her, I can hear and feel her winter jacket like the outside of it and the noise that it makes like kind of like a scratchy noise and when I hugged her I thanked her for being here for me and one of the last things She said the last time that I saw her was always here for you, Nick. And I'm saying all this because it's okay to talk about it. It's important to talk about it. Because if we don't, 
we just hold on to it with clenched fists and we start to become an unfamiliar version of ourselves. And if you clench your fists hard enough and long enough, you will not even recognize who you are. And you need the exact opposite. We need the exact opposite. As human beings, we have to figure out who we are. Every single one of you, every single one of us, deserves an opportunity to tell our story, to have a voice, to say what we need to say, to show other people that we care, to show other people that we're human, to feel and not be afraid to feel, not be afraid to show people that you're feeling because it's real fucking life and it is not easy to bounce back. It is really fucking hard. And every single day, every one of us has a choice. It has to be okay to share who we are. And who we are are people who are having a human experience. And they are all so different. Everyone's story is unique. And at the same time, there is this beautiful thread that connects all of us, which is that there are similarities amidst all of those differences. And when we share and we expose what is going on in our worlds, we are opening a path for connection. We are saying, hi, this is who I am. And we're not apologizing for it. It is not useful to feel shame for experiencing life for what it is. It is so important to take a step back and ask ourselves why we do what we do, why we think what we think, why we like what we like. Do we actually like it? Am I actually happy? Am I doing what I want? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I have good connections with people? Am I giving myself enough time and attention and love? Am I paying any attention whatsoever to me? It's so easy to have your nose to the grindstone, get everything done, burn it out, like just, you know, keep pushing, 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 but we have no time. We take for granted every second we are breathing. We don't think it's going to stop. The night my mom died, morning that she died, was after hers and my dad's 39th wedding anniversary, which was also my niece's third birthday. We had FaceTimed them because it was still COVID, so and it had snowed, so they couldn't come down. And we said how happy they looked, how great they looked. We got them dinner. And the next morning I woke up to a text from my dad and I called him and my entire world shattered. None of us saw it coming. And if we think that we have this infinite amount of time, this infinite amount of opportunity to just keep kicking the can next time 
next time. Do it in a week. I'll do it in a month. I'll do it in a year. We just don't end up doing it. I say all of this as a, a bit of a plea, I suppose. We don't all have to be the way we've learned to be. We can be who we want to be. And you can start whenever you want. It's about making a concerted effort to grow and to experience life for everything that it is and for giving each other the space and the time to be there, to share, to console, to grieve, to laugh, to laugh through the grief. To cringe at the discomfort. To feel joy for everything that was. Well, gang, that's all for this episode of Who the Fuck? Practically Unplugged. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, share with your friends, coworkers, relatives, or anyone you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit whothefck.com to check out more content. And don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at whothefck underscore Nikki to keep up to date with what's new in my world. Catch you on the flip side. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.